You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the latest Arsenal-related transfer news. We're going to be talking about Martin Odegaard, what the future might hold for the Norwegian, and the price at which he may be available for Arsenal to pick up this summer. We'll also be talking a little bit about Hector Bellerin, the latest on his future, and about the fact that his agent has flown into London to discuss Bellerin's future with, of course, Edu. Uh, They're trying to find a way to get Hector Bellerin out of the club. He wants to go, but no uh, offer that Arsenal deem fit enough, at least, has come in just yet. So, Bit of a stalemate with that one, and we're going to discuss that meeting and a little bit about what's going on with the Spaniard. Uh, quick apology to those of you watching us live. I am just one or two minutes late. I was on TalkSport 2, uh, and that ran just a minute or so over, which obviously set me back and been playing catch-up ever since. But we're good now. We're here. We're live. Uh, I can see there are loads of you in the live chat already. So, um Welcome. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all enjoying the afternoon. And don't forget, we're going to be back again with the third live stream of the day this evening at 7 p.m. I'll be joined by Metro Sports' Mike Stavrou, who I'm sure you all recognise from the show uh, previously. And we're going to be talking about Arsenal summer. We're going to be taking stock of where Arsenal are at at present. Right, let's start with the Martin Odegaard stuff. And of course, over the last few days, the rumours regarding a return for Martin Odegaard to the Emirates Stadium have really picked up pace again. It seemed uh, just a couple of weeks ago that that deal was dead in the water, that Arsenal were going to have to look elsewhere to find the number 10. But the Gunners have always maintained, according to those supposedly close to the club, that Martin Odegaard remains their number one target in the creative midfield area. And it seems that Arsenal could be in with a chance of landing him. Real Madrid, um, it appears have softened slightly in terms of their stance on Odegaard. Uh, You know, we heard that he was definitely, absolutely, categorically not for sale. And now we're hearing that he could be allowed to leave this summer. He's been described as unsettled. He's been described as disconnected from the rest of the Real Madrid squad uh, by reporters from Spain over the last few days. And it seems that Real Madrid will allow Martin Odegaard to leave for, drumroll, 35 million pounds somewhere in the region of that. That's about 40 million euros, um, give or take. But it is about that sort of money, 35 million pounds. That's what Real Madrid would said to would be looking for, or are said to be looking for, in order to move Martin Odegaard on. Now, I've heard a lot of Arsenal fans kind of rubbishing the idea of Martin Odegaard returning to the club. But when you think that 35 million pounds would be half the price of what Leicester are asking for James Madison. Why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you do it? Can anybody put their hand on their heart and say that James Madison is double the player that Martin Odegaard is? I can't. I certainly can't. I think that James Madison has a few things in his favour. You know, he's he's a Premier League 
proven player, if you like. I know to a lot of people, that's a big deal. He's someone who has shown that he can do it at this level. Um, and obviously the transition in theory would be easier for somebody like James Madison because he's already playing in the league. But Martin Odegaard's had some time in the Premier League. He had a spell with Arsenal specifically in which I thought he did really well. I thought there were some games where he was outstanding. I thought there were others where he struggled to get into the game at times. But he is just 22 years old. He's got such a high ceiling. And I know a lot of people talk about this and they go, I don't care about the ceiling because the ceiling doesn't mean anything unless you actually hit those levels. And I get that to a degree. But that's part of how players are priced up. Potential is taken into account when you price up a player, whether you like it or not. Somebody like Ben White isn't right now, today, 29th of July, 2021, in most people's opinion, a £50 million defender. But you're paying £50 million because of what he has the potential to go on and become. And that would be the same here with Martin Odegaard. For me, it's a signing I would welcome. I think that we do need to strengthen in that position. And I think that given the positive impact that he had at the club during the second half of last season, the fact that he seems to have a very good relationship with Mikel Arteta, got on with his teammates like a house on fire, and nobody has a bad word to say about him. I think that we should consider this. I think that he's got the qualities we need in that type of player. I think he's really good uh, in terms of uh, his technical abilities, very technically secure. And I thought there were some games where he played alongside Emil Smith-Rowe, where the pair of them and their technical security, I think, allowed Arsenal to control games and dominate get, dominate games a lot more than we had done uh, in months gone by. So I'm really, I'm really up for this. I, I really, really am. And I think £35 million, which is rumoured to be what Real Madrid uh, would want to receive for Martin Odegaard, given that he's unhappy, given that they're not entirely sure he's part of the plans, I think he's a, a reasonable price. And I think it's a deal that Arsenal should try and make happen. Now, there's also been reports uh, from Spain and, and Fabrizio Romano has backed this particular bit of information up uh, with regards to the fact that his future could be dependent on what happens with Isco. Now, Isco at Real Madrid is another player who's been heavily linked with a move away from the Santiago Bernabeu this summer. However, nothing is is in the pipeline. Uh, it's yet to materialise. And so if Isco stays, then Real Madrid would be even more open to allowing Martin Odegaard to go. Of course, players who play in a similar position, I think they're both left-footed as well. Uh, so they do have a very similar profile too. I think this goes left-footed. I'm, I'm going to check that before somebody pulls me up on it. Uh, if I'm wrong, why do I think Isco is left-footed? Um, no, he's right-footed. My bad. Terrible, terrible. Um, but anyway, they're the same type of profile player in terms of they're both attacking midfield players. They've both... Um, you know, like to unlock defences. They both bring you that technical stability in that kind of area, etc., etc. Um, and obviously, you know, Carlo Ancelotti wouldn't want to lose both in the same summer, but I think he'd be okay with only keeping one. And listen, as I've said time and time again, you know, we've we've kind of throughout this whole Martin Odegaard process or this Martin Odegaard saga, everybody's been getting hung up on what Carlo Ancelotti's had to say. And I get it to a degree because he is the Real Madrid manager. But what a lot of people seem to fail to realise is that actually at Real Madrid, when it comes to transfers, the manager doesn't always call the shots. And Real Madrid 
are in a place where they desperately need to raise money. If they want to do any transfers in terms of ins themselves, they're going to need to fund those from somewhere. And Martin Odegaard, a player who's yet to really make an impact at Real Madrid, has been sent out on loan on multiple occasions, is wanted by Arsenal. Arsenal are willing to pay the kind of money that Real Madrid are looking for. Then surely, surely it makes sense to cash in on him and move him on. And it makes sense for them. And in my opinion, it makes sense for us. And I would welcome Martin Odegaard back to the Emirates with open arms. I think he's a great player. I think he can go on to be even better. I think he's got the right attitude. I think he's proven that physically he can handle the Premier League. I think there are a lot of players that do come from overseas and you look at them and you go, "Mm, I'm not sure he's quite cut out for this. I'm not sure he's up to the pace of the game. I didn't see that in Martin Odegaard. And so it makes sense for us. It makes sense for them. The price that Real Madrid are said to be asking is a reasonable one. And it's half the price of James Madison, who is looking increasingly unlikely that Arsenal are going to land this summer. So let's do it. Let's do it. My opinion anyway. But I'll take some of your comments in the chat box. I can see plenty of you discussing this one. So we'll come over to the chat box in a second. But let me just quickly remind you, first of all, that this show is sponsored by Manscaped. So for all your male grooming needs, head over to manscaped.com. Check out the lawnmower. 4.0. It won't let you down. Uh, you can cut through even the thickest of uh, foliage, if you want to call it that. Uh, check it out. It's got anti-cut technology. It's uh, it, The charge seems to last forever. It's a fantastic product um, and it will help you keep things in order. I can assure you it's a very, very worthwhile investment. And if you enter our discount code, which is 90min20, you'll get 20% off of your total order uh, as well as free shipping as well. So it's definitely worth using that discount code. You stand to save yourself a fair chunk of money. That's manscaped.com. Check them out and we thank them for their very, very kind sponsorship. Uh, Kebab Abdi in the chat says, uh, again with the Manscaped. Well, yeah, they're sponsoring the podcast, which means I have to talk about them. Uh, (laughs) That's the way it works. Uh, Right, let's go over to the chat and see what some of you guys are saying with regards to the whole um, Martin Odegaard thing. Um, Let's see what we've got here. Uh, Mute Hate Preachers Stop Division. It's an interesting screen name. It says Mesut Oh my God, I see MO and I think of Mesut Ozil. Martin Odegaard represents decent value. Uh, Vishal says that 35 million is very doable. We should just go and get him and move forward. Madison may be a bit more seasoned, but it's not like he doesn't know what the Premier League is about. Talking about Odegaard there, and I agree with that. Uh, What else have we got here? Um, uh, Let's take this one from Mark Denny, who says Odegaard over Madison every day of the week. Madison is a good player, but to look at this in another way, him being injured didn't really affect Leicester City. Yeah, and there were other issues with James Madison, right? He was left out because he breached COVID protocol and then never really found his way back into the team. Um, Lalieta Arias says, uh, regardless of the price and attitude, what do you think of the two players and their potential in Madison and Odegaard? I've said it before. I, I think that Odegaard genuinely has more potential than James Madison. I think he's got the potential to go on and be one of Europe's elite, not just a good Premier League player, which I think James Madison is. I, I just, I I like Madison, but, you know, and, and if they were both available for £35 million, I'd actually think about this. I'd actually sit there and say, hold on a minute. 
both available at the same price. This is a difficult decision to make. And I'd sit there and I'd try and weigh up the pros and cons. But the fact that one is going to cost double what the other is, when in my opinion, in terms of their ability right now, there's very little to separate them. I think it's just, it, it makes the decision for us. I really, really do. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, the cat and geese dollar says, uh, I've heard that Madison is desperate for the move because he's fallen out with Rogers due to disciplinary issues because he was one of the players. He was caught at a party, uh, during lockdown. Yep. That's, that's correct. Um, Marshall says, is 35 million a price that Real Madrid have said he'd be available for? Well, those are the reports that are coming out. And what you normally get in situations like this is you get clubs leaking stuff to sources and you get um, those sources reporting it. And then that kind of sets the tone, at least for the beginning of negotiations. Uh, the clubs will be in, in contact. I'm sure Arsenal have, have had a really good relationship with Real Madrid in recent seasons. You know, Danny Ceballos, uh, Martin Odegaard, two players that were on loan at Arsenal last season uh, from Real Madrid. So I'd imagine the relations are pretty good between the two. And by all accounts, from the reports that we're hearing, Thirty-five million pounds, not euros, pounds, is a, an amount that Real Madrid would be open to talking about uh, Martin Odegaard for. So, you know, you might have to go a little bit extra on that to get that deal over the line. You may even get away with a little bit less, just depending on the circumstances. But that's around about the benchmark that we've been given. Um, of course, you know, you have to take every transfer rumor, every transfer report with a bit of a pinch of salt because it's just the nature of the business. It's the way things are at this particular time of the year. But I've always said 35 million. If you listen back to podcasts that we did during last season, um, I repeatedly said that 35 million was around about the price I thought he'd be available for. And if this is true, if this is a genuine report and based on good information, then we've literally despite all the talk we've gone from wanting him for about 35 million pounds which i said was feasible everybody kind of hyped it up and said no real madrid want 50 they want 60 million pound and now we're back at the 35 million pound mark so i would question whether that asking price those demands actually ever rose to that point uh at all and i probably don't think they did uh what else have we got here um Saw uh, a couple of really good bits. I just want um, this one from Terek Talks. He says, uh, don't forget the leadership qualities Odegaard possesses. Uh, Jonathan Toome says, Harry, my issue with Odegaard's situation is that he did not outperform Smith Rowe, which we want players to move to Arsenal a level above. Yeah, but he didn't outperform him because he came in at the end of January, had an injury, I thought, at a really bad time for him because he was really starting to find his feet and get kind of going. And then that injury came along and bang, he, you know, he, he was stopped in his tracks and then he was out of the side and then he had to work his way back into the side. And I thought all of that was uh, a little bit unfortunate for Martin Odegaard. But in a way, you know, had he been in the side and really performed to a really good level, then maybe he won't be available now for about £35 million. So, you know, it, it could work in our favour in the end. But to outperform Smith Rowe, I think, requires an exceptional player. And, and I don't see why over the course of the season he couldn't. Um, but Emil Smith Rowe equally is a really, really talented lad. And you want someone to, to come to the club, in my opinion, that's going to actually 
complement Emil Smith-Rowe, get the best out of him in terms of driving him because of the competition, but also being able to combine with him in certain instances, but also someone who doesn't stunt his growth and development. And I think that Martin Odegaard ticks all of those boxes. Um, going back to James Madison just temporarily, uh, Matt G says, if Madison is desperate for the move, then he should hand in a transfer request. Absolutely. All we've heard over the last few weeks is how keen James Madison is um, to, uh, you know, to join the club. Yet there seems to be no movement yet. There is no transfer request. And we're kind of uh, just in this place where we've, we're being quoted a ridiculous figure in my opinion, anyway, by Leicester City. And this is very unlikely, uh, as we're talking today, 29th of July, uh, that that is going to progress and move forward. Let's uh, get some of your questions in the live chat. Get them in there while I just quickly bring you guys up to date on the Hector Bayerin situation. Uh, Hector Bayerin's agent is said to have arrived in London uh, to hold a meeting with Edu. Now, the Hector Bellerin situation is as follows. Um, Hector Bellerin wants to leave. He made that clear last summer. Arsenal convinced him, asked him, however you want to put it, to stay, uh, to stay at the club for another year while they got themselves sorted. They've got to the place now where he's desperate to go. Arsenal want to move him on. However, and I think perhaps surprisingly to some of the uh, Arsenal hierarchy, there hasn't been a bid or an offer that is anywhere near what Arsenal probably hoped to recuperate for Hector Bellerin. Now, there was a feeling going into the summer that Arsenal would be able to recuperate around about £20 million for him. And if you remember in the podcast that we did, where I predicted all the values we'd get for these players, I didn't quote anywhere near £20 million because I don't think you get that for Hector Bellerin. I think he's been a little bit below par over the last couple of seasons, not the Hector Bellerin that we once knew. Uh, I think it's clear that he wants to leave. It's clear that the club are open to letting him move on. And then you've got the pandemic. And then you've got the fact that a lot of these clubs simply can't afford to pay £20 million for, for Hector Bellerin. And you find yourself in a difficult situation as a football club. You've got a player that wants to go. And at this moment in time, you you can't facilitate that because there is no offer that is anywhere near what you feel is good value any and as a football club you don't want to sell yourself short so his agent has flown in he's going to have a discussion with edu and they're going to try and find some way of uh of engineering a move away for hector bellerin that leaves the club content and happy uh, but also satisfies what hector bellerin wants and we know that hector bellerin's preference is to go to Serie A and to sign for inter however inter are not willing to uh to do the deal they're not willing to pay up front and what's probably even a little bit more frustrating for Arsenal Football Club is that Inter, whilst they're happy to take him on a loan and Arsenal aren't completely against the idea of him going out on loan, they are refusing to put an obligation to buy clause in there. Arsenal, at the minimum, at the bare minimum, want an obligation to buy clause in any deal that sees Hector Bellerin leave the club so that at least if they're not getting the money this summer, they can guarantee that money coming in ahead of the next summer transfer window. Um, and, and Inter are not budging. You know, they're just not budging. And it's the same with a number of other clubs in Spain as well who are not budging on the idea uh, of an obligation to, to to buy at the end of the loan spell. There are plenty of suitors for Hector Bellerin when it comes to uh, clubs wanting to take him on loan. But unless that obligation to buy clause is inserted, then Arsenal, as it stands right now, are not interested. It's, it's a really tough one because 
what do you do here if you're Arsenal? Like, do you hang on to a third right back? One that has indicated that he wants to leave. One with whom you probably have a gentleman's agreement in place from last summer that he can leave. It's it's hard because you don't sell him from fear of selling yourself short. You don't let him move on from fear of selling yourself short. And then you've got an unhappy player who you've promised something. You've now gone back on your word. How does that look to the other players? How does that look to his colleagues? How does that look? How does that shine on you as a football club in the transfer window in general when other players are looking at and considering coming to your football club? So again, a bit like the Granite Xhaka situation. I think it's one we need to be patient on. I think Hector Bellerin will get his move away, just like I think Granite Xhaka will join Roma. But these deals, they're taking an age because nobody's willing to back down. When the time constraints come into place and the transfer window is heading towards its end, that's when you see people uh, compromising. That's when you see people uh, giving in, if you like, a little bit from their side and you can see a deal um, being done. But I just think it's a really difficult, difficult position to be in with Bellerin because we, we talked about um, his desire to leave. And while that shouldn't be the driving force, you've got to remember that in the club's eyes, this is someone who was instrumental in getting the rest of the players to agree on a pay cut during the COVID pandemic. So he's he's shown his value to the club. And I think if Arsenal were to dig their heels in and hold on to him, he'd probably feel a little bit betrayed by that. And, and this is where now Arsenal have to manage the players' expectations and they also have to manage the situation in a way that, yeah, it might end up, you know, it, it may in some way end up them losing out slightly financially or not recuperating what they expected or hoped. But um, but they also run the risk of, of looking really bad and really shoddy in terms of the way they do their negotiations and, and letting the player down, which... I'm not saying he's the be all and end all, you know, we, the club comes first, but I think the Arsenal hierarchy, given their relationship, as I've just discussed with Hector Bellerin will, will be quite keen to avoid that scenario. And I think that's why this meeting is, uh, is taking place, right? Let's go over to the chat box and uh, take some of your questions. But before we do that, just quickly, uh, there's over 400 of you watching us live right now, but we've only got 71 likes on the board. Let's get that up to 150. There's enough of you in the chat box. Let's do it. Uh, should be easy, light work. All you got to do, click on the like button below. Subscribe to the channel if you're new as well. We're on the way to 15K. And if you fancy becoming a member and supporting me to bring you more daily content, then you can do so by clicking on the link in the description, checking out our membership proposition and deciding whether you would like to sign up. Right, let's take some of those questions then. Uh, let's start with uh, this one from Zeb, who says, do you think Callum Chambers' pace will stop him from becoming a solid, reliable right back, or can he make do without that speed? With Callum Chambers, he's not electrifyingly quick, but I do think he's deceivingly quick in terms of what people's perception is of how quick he can be and what he can actually do. I think one of the things you've got to give Callum Chambers a lot of credit for. And it's probably something that I wasn't as aware of uh, prior to his return to the side this time around. And it's a testament to him, you know, because he had a bad injury and he's come back. But I think Callum Chambers looks a really good athlete. He looks like he's in really good condition. Not only is he 
I think, in my opinion, quicker than people give him credit for. But he's also physically strong as well. You look at Callum Chambers and he's built like a, a centre-back, yet he still possesses the ability to get up and down the pitch as a fullback. So, no, I, I don't see that as a problem, Zeb, um, in my personal opinion. I think he is uh, he's shown that he can do that. I think that, yes, there are quicker fullbacks in football, but I don't think that is the be-all and end-all. I think especially with the way Arsenal play and the way that they are slightly lopsided with a greater emphasis on the left-hand side. I, I hear a lot of Arsenal fans saying and then all the time, you know, we need the Kieran Tierney at right back. No, we actually don't because that's not what Mikel Arteta wants because Mikel Arteta doesn't push both fullbacks on at the same time very often anyway. Um, not anywhere near as frequently as Unai Emery did or as Arsene Wenger did. There is always that mindfulness of what they're leaving behind them, the spaces they're leaving behind them. And so somebody like Callum Chambers, who can do that, can get forward, can influence the game and, and can do things in the attacking third is great. But uh, having somebody like uh, Callum Chambers, who can then tuck in, uh, step into the midfield if necessary in a deeper position to help out Thomas Partey, but equally can tuck in as part of a back three when Kieran Tierney goes forward. I think that's invaluable. And um, no, I don't really see that as an issue. I've got to be honest. Uh, Assassin says, Harry, we don't have time over a week to the start of the window. We need to get rid of the Deadwood ASAP. Yeah, but everybody, Assassin, mate, everybody says this, you know, oh, we don't have time. We've got to move them on today. We've got to move them on tomorrow. But it's like having a shop. Like you might want to sell your stock by the end of the week, but if no one comes in the shop, how do you sell it? Unless you start giving it for, out for free or unless you start really knocking down the price. This is the problem Arsenal have right now. It's not as easy as saying we need to get rid of them ASAP. You don't want to sell yourself short. We all understand and know that the club want to get rid of them. And I think they will eventually, but it is going to take time. We often see many clubs doing business at the back end of the transfer window. It's very rare that a club in our kind of position now where we do need to do so much find themselves all done and dusted by the time the Premier League season kicks off. So I do expect the window to go right down to the wire from an Arsenal perspective. I do expect there to be late movement, both in and out. And I think we've just got to get used to that idea rather than counting down the clock every day and getting frustrated and irate about it all the time. Um, Matt G in response to my comments about uh, Kieran Tierney says, Harry, I don't think we need a Kieran Tierney on the right, but we're so dependent on Kieran Tierney and our left side for creativity that we are predictable. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, let's pick out a few more questions. And Swia Shah says, will Chambers be playing when we play the teams with the big, tall players with the over-the-top balls? Yeah, I mean, I think that's partly why he was brought into the side by Mikel Arteta at right back to give us that little bit of an edge when we were facing certain opponents and opponents with a, a particularly strong uh, aerial threat. I think it was the West Ham game, wasn't it, where he actually played really well after the first 20 minutes. A lot of people forget that he was torn apart in that first 20, 30 minutes. But after that, he was very, very good. And Mikel Arteta spoke afterwards about one of the reasons being his aerial ability, his physical presence, and the fact that he felt Arsenal needed a little bit more of that in that particular fixture. So, yeah, good point. Very good point. Um, lots of you talking about Hector Bellerin and um, his lifestyle. And, you know, that comes up all the time. And I, I actually do think, I actually do think that is unfair. Um, 
I really do because he should be allowed. Um, he should be allowed to just do what he wants to do outside of the game without everybody kind of dragging it into relevance when it isn't relevant. You know, who cares if Hector Bellerin dresses in a certain way? Who cares if Hector Bellerin uh, likes his fashion, enjoys this, enjoys that, he's a vegan or whatever? Another thing that he's always sort of getting criticised for. For me, it's just completely irrelevant. I, I judge Hector Bellerin on what he does when he crosses that white line, when he's wearing that number two shirt and he's representing the Arsenal. Anything outside of that? I don't really care. And I don't think other people should either. Um, Jay Dubia says, Harry, mate, are you on some other time zone? You seem to be an hour late every time you post. Really? An hour late? I know I was a couple of, uh, I know I was a couple of uh, minutes late, but I wasn't an hour late. It might be something on yours, mate. You, I don't know what time zone you're in and if it's translating, but no, uh, I'm not late. Uh, not more than a few minutes anyway. Uh, let's say a big hello to Dave R who says, hi, Harry, watching your show here from NYC, uh, Bisuma, Lakonga, Odegaard, and Millsmith are along with Partey in the midfield. That's a top four engine. Dave clearly, uh, hoping to see Eves Bisuma join the club, uh, between now and the end of the transfer window. Look, there's no, um, indication that that is likely. And I, I don't mean to kind of piss on your parade, Dave, but I know a lot of Arsenal fans are like you and, and are very, very keen to see him coming, but from my understanding, he's never been at the top of the priority list for Arsenal uh, when it comes to that central midfield position. I'm not completely ruling it out. I can't. Uh, I don't have the information to do that. But what I can say is that if Yves Basuma does come in, Arsenal would have explored other options first and found those deals uh, almost impossible to do. Because Yves Basuma, as I say, I know is not anywhere near the top of Arsenal's priority list at the moment. Right, I think we are going to leave it there. As I say, we're going to be back again at 7pm UK time. So that is two hours from now with another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. I'll be joined by Mike Stavrou and we'll be taking stock of Arsenal's summer so far. Should be an interesting chat. Always is with Mike. Always great fun as well. Uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit that like button. We're on 109. Surely we can get to 150 by the time the outro plays there's enough of you in the chat over 430 of you watching us live right now which is fantastic subscribe to the channel if you're new uh and of course check out our membership proposition check out manscape.com we'll be back very very soon with more see you in a couple of hours ciao listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.